This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name is Jessica. I am here with my bestie, Lori Wallace. Hey, what's up, friends? Um, per usual, you guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. We know that your time is so valuable and the fact that you choose to spend it with us. We are so grateful. So if you want to leave us a like, comment, review, share, we like those five-star ones. Yes. So think about that. <laughs> so guys, I'm so excited to have Go French Yourself original Samantha Rubel on the podcast today. Here she is. If you don't know Go French Yourself, the blog, the Instagram, the, yeah, like the presence, then you need to go and follow her right now. Samantha and I go way back, right? Like way back um, to early days in my career and when she was in a totally different career. And I've just been so inspired by everything that she's done as a female entrepreneur, as a woman creating her own destiny and like finding a niche that's specifically hers and launching that and scaling it into this beautiful presence that's Go French Yourself. Samantha, welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness. Thank you guys so much for having me on your beautiful podcast. And truly, this is such a delight. And I was sitting here, I mean, thinking about the first time that we met. I mean, we have officially known each other. I mean, it hasn't been two decades, has it? It's been oh like, goodness, like 17, so 18 years, I think. It's oh been a minute. Gosh. So we were wee babes yes. is what. <laughs> Young, young little, little lads, but yes, it's, I'm just, I'm thrilled and I'm so excited that you guys are doing the Badass Ladies Club and how cool that I get to be a part of it. Girl, you are in. Let's do this. In the club. So so for those of us, like I just met Sam recently. Um, So for those of us like me, (laughs) could you explain like what Go French Yourself is and how that came about? Yes. So Go French Yourself, of course, it is a very unforgettable name, (laughs) I feel like. So it's easy to remember and you can kind of take that how you will. But um, so Go French Yourself is a almost six-year-old little blog brand of mine that heavily um, talks about recipes, travel content, little diary content about myself, style, um, and everything has a little bit of that je ne sais quoi. So Mm -hmm. obviously with the name Go French Yourself, I am a Francophile in love with France. I think if anyone knows me, that's kind of been how I've been my whole life since I was little. And so you will notice when you go to gofrenchyourself.com or you follow me on Instagram, there's always going to be a little bit of uh, French content, Francophile content, but even with the stuff that I promote here in the U.S., 
everything is just going to have a little bit of that je ne sais quoi. So that's my whole feeling of when you come to go French yourself, you don't even necessarily have to be a Francophile, but it's going to show you just a little bit of like that kind of that whimsical romance that you can have in your life through travel, through eating, through cooking, and basically just kind of finding the beauty it, like anywhere that you are, if that makes sense. So. Love. So good. One thing that I remember so clearly about when Samantha and I were running together back in our Aveda days were that you have such a unique and fantastic sense of style. And it is something that's like all Samantha, right? It's, um, and it was always that way. Even when we were in dress code, you know, like wearing all black and showing up looking like everybody else to a certain extent, like you always had this vibe about you. That she was, was like a standout. Yes. And it was so yeah. unique, but it was also like what made it so cool is that it's authentically you, you know, like nobody else could have ripped off Sam style, right? Like it was hers. And that is part of what's so cool for somebody like me that knew you before Go French Yourself to see how that's translated into this vibe, this style that now has become a brand um, that is your work now. So first of all, tell us about the decision to step out of something that was like comfortable for you because you were successful in the sales, you know, in outside sales and in the beauty business, you totally had like connections and you could have transitioned into something else in the same industry. But instead, you started this concept, this idea, this brand, and launched into something totally different. Like, tell us about the journey of trusting yourself enough to create this thing. Yes, absolutely. So sometimes things happen in our life that kind of pivot us to make the decisions that we're kind of on that that um, seesaw, if you will, and kind of like teeter tottering with the idea, if that's even a word, teeter tottering. I guess it is. Make it work. <laughs> it is today. Teeter tottering. <laughs> but um, you know, I feel like um, I had left Aveda in when I was in Dallas and, and kind of got my feet wet in, in the beauty industry with some other lines. And it was a great ride. And then I actually, cause I don't know if a lot of people know this story. I came back to Aveda. So it was like my second run when I took the position in Tulsa. Um, so I covered the Northwest Arkansas territory in Tulsa, huge territory, basically was always in my car. It was about the time that I was going through my separation and my mom had just passed away. And Laura Heitzman, I remember to this day, that just caught me on a good day and was like, Hey, are you ready to come back? And we've got a position in Tulsa and I did it. Um, you know, I don't have any regrets and I learned a lot and I made great money, but I think at the end of the day, it was an industry that I love, but it was an industry that had changed and it was just very, very difficult concentrating on so many clients, but always being in my car and not being able to kind of cultivate those relationships in the way that I really love working my business. And that's by getting to, to know salon owners, getting to know um, the hairdressers and the makeup artists and the skincare estheticians that you're working with and really building that relationship. Um, not only that, but my personal relationship, it was kind of, I mentioned I was separated from Zoe's dad and I, I was sort of looking for love again and friendships and things of that nature, but I could never really progress with that part of my life because I was always working. Yeah. And I just, I mean, as much as you love any job, 
Like, I feel like for me, even though I had financial freedom, I had security, I had health insurance. It was like, okay, I have all of this, but am I, I'm not really filling my cup up with all of this other stuff that I want. I'm not getting what I want out of work because I I don't have time to have relationships. I just have to make sales and write orders or I'm going to be demoted. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Or possibly fired if my quotas aren't here. And then I didn't, I would come home on the weekends and be so tired, but then that part of my life wasn't being full, you know, because my boyfriends at the time were like, Samantha, you're always traveling and you're literally like work is your priority. Like, where do I fit into this? So I did just kind of have to make the decision. Um, shortly after I met Lynn, who I'm with now, we've been together for a decade. Um, we're not married, even though I feel like, you know what I mean? We've been together so long, lived together, yeah. do all of that stuff. So it is like a, a union, if you will. But um, he had a business here and therefore we couldn't move. So I just thought, you know, I want to have a way to obviously earn an income for myself, but what is that going to look like? So that's when I kind of got creative. I started an online consignment business. That's rough for anyone. I, I didn't make any money. It was kind of just this idea that flopped. But what I will say is I learned a lot about um, just the people that I knew that followed me, that, that one of the things that I was finding, one of the things that I was wearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of when I started go French yourself. I started writing as an outlet, but also sharing with my girlfriends. Cause they'd be like, Oh, Samantha, I love, you know, that hat that you have or that flower pin, like, where can I get it? And I would be like, Oh yeah, let me send you the websites and how to put it together. Well, then before you know it, it was like, why am I doing all of this? Like, for free when I could possibly be building a brand and making money. And so that's kind of how it came to be, so to speak. Okay. But it's kind of a love story too, because I knew that I needed to make income and start a brand, but I needed it to be Tulsa based right? because of Lynn. I was right. in that relationship that I so wanted and here I had it. So I, I had to make the best of both worlds. So many things to say about this. The first thing I have to say is it's so amazing to me that in that space, because I know Jessica and I have talked about this on the podcast several times, that there have been times in our life where our work was our like 1 million percent focus, right? And Mm -hmm. everything else got pushed to the peripherals. And I'm super fortunate that my husband like just rolled with me through those years where that was the priority, you know, like nothing else was more important than hitting the quotas, than doing the travel for work for like sacrificing everything because I had this perspective that I'm never going to want to work this hard again in my life. So I might as well do it now, you know, and I had, and I was all in on that and that that was wearing me thin in ways that I didn't recognize. And I remember when you had the consignment business, you know, and you and I like went and hung out and had dinner or something. And you were telling me about these ideas you had and I did not get it. And I remember being really concerned for you, you know, and being like, oh my God, are you serious? This is what you're going to do. And then it's so fascinating that like you come down the road a little bit and I have the same situation, you know, where I just decide I can't do it anymore. And I've got to create something else and something different. So I love these connective threads in the stories. Yeah. But also this, the the consignment business wasn't the thing 
but that it launched you into the next thing. Right. And so it was so, even though, cause I think a lot of us, when we try something different or we want to like change a career path or do something new and exciting, and it doesn't turn out exactly the way that you expect it to, it's really easy to fall into that gap of like, well, that was a failure. I better just go back, you know, like to what I was doing. And that instead that cultivated this new idea that has turned into so many beautiful things for you. Like that's the way it's done. Like, ladies and gentlemen, like that's it. Right. Yeah. Like I know so many people who, if they were in that position would have been like, well, I'll just go back to corporate, right? you know, instead of like, okay, well, I'm just going to take this, you know, failure as feedback yeah, and be like, I'm going to shift again into my own brand. Well, like, and it fits into this idea that there is no failure. Like right. failure is not even a thing. It's just like trying things until something clicks. And right. then I also love so much that like your business now is that you're a curator, you know, like that you curate this beautiful experience for people, whether it's food or travel or fashion or health or lifestyle into this brand that you created, but that this is something that just comes naturally to you, right? Like it's not like, and you obviously have like a support system and people that help you, you know, pull all of these things off. So it is truly a business and that is work, but that your work is something that is just everything that you embody and that that is living the dream right there. You know, like I just love, love, love this story. Thank you for that. I think that's the main thing with my business and being a blogger because a lot of new bloggers that are coming into the blogger arena are like, oh my gosh, how do you do it? And I'm real honest. And I'm like, it's, it's hard. It's hard work. And I do feel like my consignment business, even though that wasn't the direction for me, it truly helped me find my way here in Tulsa. So it was a really easy navigation for the people that shopped with me and consigned with me to easily now convert over to the blog. Totally. So, but, but also that all the hairdressers that I built a relationship, see everything in my life has been relationships. Mm-hmm. So the blog was so easy to take off because I already had the trust of you know, the shop seems closet clients, but also the trust of all my previous clients in the corporate world who are like, oh, you wouldn't lead us astray with, you know what I mean? You help, you help my, my salon become right. successful. So obviously, you know, this is a great transition for, for that. And I think that's the thing. It's just taking everything in your, in your life and making it beautiful, whatever beautiful is to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's always what I want my readers to, to feel. You, you can have that. It doesn't, it doesn't take money. I mean, you can be stylish thrifting. Sure. And that so much of what you are showing people is accessible to them, you know, like that there is this real accessibility to what you're promoting and it's all just so yummy and beautiful. I also love this idea that relationships that you build in every stage of your life are going to support the future stages of your life. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know I'm definitely experiencing that right now. Jessica is too, like where we have a lot of relationships that we've built over the last 15 or 20 years in the industry that are supporting other parts of our business. Now, one of those parts is something that is also kind of vibing with your brand is that we are a travel brand, you know, like we are leaving in about a month to go to Costa Rica to do our first healing retreat with 15 beautiful people, you know, and that that was a total dream of ours that's coming to fruition. And so much of what you're doing with Go French Yourself prior to the pandemic anyway, was going and traveling to 
like sometimes really, again, accessible places or places that you wouldn't expect have so much rich culture and beauty to experience. And you show that to people. And I love, I think because I'm from Oklahoma also, you know, and that you live in Tulsa, I have this, yeah, like (laughs) soft spot for the fact that you really draw so much attention to places in our region, you know, and outside of that. So can you talk a little bit about the travel element of your brand? Yes, of course. Oh my gosh. I'm so ready to get back to it. I have my first press trip tomorrow. And oh, awesome. I know, but I'm legit a little bit nervous. I'm like, am I rusty? Do I still remember how to like, <laughs> do this. this and what's happening? And we have to do our COVID tests before we go. And then our, you know, masks and sanitation, but I'm like, okay, I think, I think I've got this. You've got to get your feet wet eventually. Right. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I feel like this is the new normal and we can't we can't just stay in our house. It's right. time to, to get out there and explore. But yes, so I love, love, love traveling, um, especially to those off the beaten paths um, in the U.S. because I haven't done a lot of Europe traveling in, in ages. So I'm ready to do that too, but hopefully that'll be coming. But um, Lynn, who I mentioned for those who are new to me in, earlier in the podcast, my boyfriend, he is a very an adventurous, man. So he loves, uh, BMW motorcycles and Porsches. He's and, so cool. Um, I know, I know we have the, this vintage Porsche that we named Claude and he's <laughs> quite beautiful white with, with Brown inside. Oh my God. Oh, so yummy. I know, I know. But anyway, so I became this kind of Samantha, the girly girl, now loves motorcycles. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny for anyone who knows me way back then because they're like, you're doing what? You're getting on a motorcycle. I laughed out loud. I was like, what? <laughs> like your, your travel pack that you are able to pack with, I mean, it's probably no bigger than like, I'm not kidding you, the size of like this magazine. Oh my God. But, but wide, you know, but yeah. So you have to do laundry on the road. You can't pack much, forget curling irons, forget right. <laughs> all the things that I, I mean, love, but we kind of started doing these rides everywhere, including just this huge ride um, for anyone who wants to kind of go back, just check the archives. If you just go to gofrenchyourself.com and in the search, just like probably put in the word motorcycle and it'll pull up all the archives. Yeah. But um, we did a, oh my God, one of the longest rides of my whole life. We basically went from Oklahoma, where we live, all the way up north to before we hit Canada and then crossed over and then down the California coast on a bike. God. Uh, we were gone for a month and a half. I think my friends like officially thought that I had lost my mind, <laughs> probably including you. I was right? there, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? But um, yeah, so it's like those experiences that I... I just love. And of course we stay in small places. We love finding those like little, little gems, um, home cooking, local food, local people. And I really love writing about these places on my blog. I mean, even recently I've worked so much with Bentonville, Arkansas. If you guys Mm. have not been to Bentonville, Arkansas, put it it on your radar, like book your next trip there. It's actually a very family friendly place too. If you have, you know, children and want to kind of do that route. Um, but yeah, I love that. But again, staying true to my brand, I also love finding those French places mm-hmm. and all of the places that I visit. So I think it'd be really cool one day to kind of get them on. I don't know, like a book of some sort. Yeah, I was just thinking you totally need a travel guide book, you know, where you could talk about all the cool places that you've been to. 
it, it'd be so, so cool. So yes, I love that. I'm so glad travel um, is back. And I have a feeling that there's like going to be some great things on the horizon for later on in the year that That's I'm so feeling pretty excited about opportunities. So. Yes. It's so good to be able to incorporate things like travel into your work. You know, like we traveled a lot with our last uh, go around with jobs, but this is like takes it to a whole different level when it's about traveling for pleasure and sharing that with your network. You know, like it's uh, it's an up level for sure. So true. I mean, Lynn was asking me the other day, like we were talking about Minneapolis. He's never been to Minneapolis. And of course, that was an area we spent a lot of time for Congress. He's super environmental. And I'm like, oh my God, Minneapolis, I feel like is one of the most environmental places like in the world. It just is. Um, And I was trying to tell him like, you know, he's like, okay, well, what, you know, if we ever went to Minneapolis, what kind of restaurants and things are we going to do? And I'm like, well, that's the problem. (laughs) I have an idea, but the thing is for Aveda, like you literally were working and just did like the conference and right. where they booked our dinners, right. there was never time for, for leisure or exploring. Sure. And that's the part of travel. Like I, you know, you, it's, it's just too hard. You can't like, there's so many places that I wish that I could have taken a few days and explored. And I think too, like a lot of employers, it'd be awesome if they could start kind of cultivating that into their, um, work agendas, yes. like just a day of exploration and free play. Such a good idea. Um, I would love that. Last time I was in Minneapolis for Congress, um, a friend of mine and I, um, we skipped out a little bit on Congress <laughs> and we got in an Uber and we were like, let's go to Buffalo Exchange. I and mean, like, guilty. Yes, because <laughs> I was like, what else are we going to do? I mean, you know what? We it's, had no other time to do anything else. Well, and in this time, we're keeping your employees and really like letting the people who work for you know that you appreciate and value them. What a great benefit in a company that, you know, sometimes we're going to travel and that we build in this time for you to get to experience the place that you're traveling to. Because I know like I've been lots of places all over the United States, but have never seen anything besides my hotel room and the airport. How many times have I gone somewhere and it's literally a 24 hour trip and I'm like, well, I've been to Seattle, for example, but I haven't experienced Seattle. hundred percent. I can tell you about the hotel that I stayed in. Right. Yeah, nice sheets and a great shower. There you have it, Seattle. (laughs) So one of the things that's so cool that we have in common with Sam is that we are um, a little bit fanatical about our dogs. Just a little bit. And Samantha's dogs are like regularly on the blog and on the Instagram. Tell us about your sweet babies. We want to know everything. Oh my gosh, Melvin and Henry, my loves. I said their name there. They're like, I can see their nose. They want to come in here. But um, oh my goodness. So Lynn, for the longest time, was like, no dogs, Samantha. We live in a condo. Like, I love dogs, but it's just too hard. And then I saw Melvin running across the street. And of course, I had to save him, but I truly thought that he had an owner. It ends up he didn't have an owner. He is a black and white dog. And for those of you, I mean, I'm in my guest room right now, so you you can't really see the look of my condo, but it's black and white. So Lynn was like, of course we can keep Melvin. Like he (laughs) kind of matches the decor. Totally. I know, but, um, oh my gosh, he's just my sweet little Jack Russ Corgi rescue. And then shortly after we weren't looking for a second dog, but my friend, Jessica Grammer sent us a picture of Henry, Mm -hmm. my 
Labrador Dalmatian, and they looked Aww. like they could have been brothers. They're like, like twins, from, yeah. <laughs> mom and dad, except for like Henry is kind of a medium-sized dog, and then my little Melvin is is short, and so he fits perfectly under Henry, like <laughs> as if they were nesting <laughs> tables. And so it just it just had to be. But they but they literally are my life, Melvin and Henry. I mean, they have their own. Hashtag, and it's so funny. Before COVID, we would take them to like cafes here, and you know, I'm thinking like people are coming to the table to to say hi to me, or you know, they're excited, <laughs> and, and it's all about the dogs. Oh, so yeah. I love even it. when we don't take the dogs, they're like, "Oh, hi, Samantha. Yeah, whatever. Go French yourself." But where's Melvin and Henry? <laughs> so. I love it that they have like their own internet following, you know, yes. um, and it is. I feel like dogs. There's like this divine. Uh, guidance that is putting the right dog with the right person. Mm-hmm. I know every dog I've ever had, it's been so much like that where I'm like, oh my gosh, you were perfectly Still made me. for me. You know, even dogs that like, cause I have had dogs that are really not easy dogs to have, you know, mm-hmm. that are difficult in one way or the other, but that that's truly what I needed at the time. Um, and yeah, yeah like I just love, love, love. The yeah. Dogs. Um, so I'm about to be opening my own salon space mm-hmm. and it's going to be in my house and all my clients are like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is going to be great. Does this mean I get to have your dog right. like, during my appointment? I I'm mean, like, well, sure, of course. But that's like what they're excited about is to see Ruth Barker Ginsburg. Yes. During their appointment. Oh my gosh, the name. I love the name. <laughs> no, RBG is no joke, dude. She is the cutest little thing. Um, and I know she's going to be like sitting in everyone's lap. Everyone's lap. She's going to love it. got to teach him the trick to roll her over on her back and scratch her belly and she'll be good the whole time. Um, oh my goodness. People are going to be scheduling like even more frequent visits yeah. just for the dog. Like probably like weekly, you know, wash, you know, like blow dries. Right. I know. I mean, even people who have salons not in their house bring their dogs sometimes because it's like the team match mascot or the, you know, like it adds this like warm feeling to the whole space. So I think it's going to be perfect. I'm going to be, I'm so excited. (laughs) I love it. Oh, they, they really are. I mean, completely different subject and people are probably going to think I'm really weird now, but I just read an article the other day that you can actually, when your dog passes away, I mean, you know, we, we do have to think about that. Nothing lives forever, but you can now, I guess when you like get their ashes somehow inside of a tattoo, I don't know. I don't, I, maybe I'm not reading it fully, but I'm very intrigued with this. And Lynn was like, that is so weird to me. And I'm like, why is that weird? Oh, I'm looking into it. Like, For sure. I'm going to need to see more about this. I know. Yeah. So there goes everyone listening. They're like, this is so friend to yourself, girl. Weird. Hey, I like you weird. Unless you're a dog lover. I think it's a super cool idea. I mean, I think it's a super cool idea. Yes. That's so good. Um, yeah. We brought up COVID and health a couple of times on this show already. But I want to dig in a little bit because I know that you have this really holistic lifestyle and approach to wellness and health. And even just in the last six months or so, like I've noticed on your blog and on your IG that it's a big focus on like eating well and working out and like taking care of your vessel and your body. And you actually have had a health scare here recently that's kind of like shaken everything up. And I wondered if you would share that with us because it's just such a powerful story that you've got. Yes, of course. I mean, back from, as you know, Aveda days, like I loved the organic holistic lifestyle. Lynn was the same way. So we were a perfect match in that sense. I mean, even with medicine, we'll only take antibiotics. Like if the doctor is like, you really just have to do this. 
Um, of course, COVID. Um, we did get our vaccine. It was a hard decision though. And not because like I'm an anti-vaxxer at all, but it was like, Ooh, I don't even get, you know what I mean? Like I don't take aspirin. Yeah, like right. what exactly am, am I doing? But I, you know, we felt like it was the right decision because with COVID it like, it doesn't just affect me. Right. It affects my community. It affects the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, we did do that, but yeah, it was very scary. So I put off my mammogram appointments, uh, in COVID because of course everyone was saying, just do, emer- you know what I mean? Like, right. Like absolute necessity. Like, yeah, yeah your arm has like fallen off right. <laughs> after then. Um, so I'm like, you know, I'm fine. I had it like, like two years ago, but finally, um, before Christmas, I was, in, and then also, you know, you have to look at your insurance and try to get those appointments before the new year. So mm-hmm. you use all your deductibles and all that fun stuff. But, um, anyway, I, I did my regular mammogram, um, and it was super scary because they were like, well, you know, we need to re redo this. Um, which kind of is normal for me. I have pretty dense breast tissue, so it's really hard to see. Mm. Um, so I wasn't quite nervous then because I'm like, oh, they just have to get different images. But then when I went in to get the different images, they were like, ooh, you need a biopsy. So that was a pretty effing scary <laughs> moment yeah. in time where you're just sort of like the doctor is still talking, but you're really not listening. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but I think the scariest part of it was, it wasn't like they were just going to do the biopsy then and there. It was like, we'll go home, have a Merry Christmas and we'll see you in <laughs> oh two my weeks. God. Uh, I mean, you know, she didn't say it like that, but that, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? I'm Still, like, well, yeah. oh my God, like, how am I even going to, I can't even function. I can't even think. And so every day you're just creating these scenarios in your head and then, even though, you know, you're not supposed to go on Google, right. To diagnose yourself, we all do it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like making my funeral playlist, doing all these like (laughs) absurd things. And, you know, Lynn is very calm and collected and he's more like, you know, we cross bridges when we get there kind of person where I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, no, I want to like cross the bridge right now. Like, but anyway, it was super scary. So I had my biopsy January 4th, and that was kind of just a traumatic process in itself because then you still have to wait. Luckily, it's benign and everything is okay. So but, good to hear this. Oh, I know. It's it's so scary. So scary. But literally, I just felt like it was like a death sentence over my head. And I know I'm being dramatic, but I, I think women who are in this situation can relate. But I think for anyone listening, if you were like me and put off those um, mammogram visits, pap smear visits, do do make time for that because early detection is key. Like they're not just saying that. So, you know, even if worst case scenario, they do find something, if they can catch it early, you have surgery and that's the end of it. So um, don't put off those appointments. But I think for me, it's just... I was already very into like working out and eating right and taking care of myself, but that just this just really turned it up. Mm, yeah. A notch where I really just don't want to take life for granted again and do all of those things and and just be, you know, doing all of those things that I can for self-care. And part of that self-care is making sure that you do have your annual exams because the older we get, I mean, things just unfortunately happen. 
so important. And I absolutely skipped my mammogram and my pap smear during COVID, you know, I was like, whatever, I'll do it when it's over. Um, but your, um, story motivated me to like, okay, I need to get back in the game here. Um, because it's, that's the interesting thing about this pandemic is that all other health concerns kind of got pushed to the peripheral and we were just focused. We kind of forgot that other like health issues exist. Yeah. And the idea of going to a doctor for any reason besides the fact that you think you have COVID is, you know, like kind of went into the background, which is so crazy when you think about what real things some of these health screenings do for us. Even well women visits in general, you know, like I haven't had blood work in like three years now. I haven't done, you know, like there's a lot of things that before were really routine in my healthcare that kind of have gone by the wayside. And it's so funny how when you get out of the habit of it, it's just vanishes. So thank you for sharing that. And, you know, you shared it on your blog and you shared it on social media. Like, I just think it's so beautiful that you took this really scary experience that you had and you wanted to get that out there in hopes of inspiring other people to take better care of themselves and to think about this. Because like I said, it totally made that impact on me. And that's not being dramatic. No. At all. I don't think so. So like, I I don't think that that's being dramatic at all. During COVID, I've had two clients in their thirties have cervical cancer and have to get like hysterectomies and everything. I mean, in their thirties, like still ready and willing to like have more children. And like their plans were kind of halted by this very real thing that happened. And, um, I was like, Holy, like, yeah. So I've, I've done all my visits, but it's just like, Well, and like you said, early detection, like right now, there's such amazing treatment and technology for all Mm -hmm. of these things. But the trick is that they have to find it, you know, like in an early enough stage where those things are an option. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you guys is incredible. And that's what I kept telling myself. And with my doctor, you know, the first round when she was really kind of talking me off the ledge was like, this isn't telling someone they need a biopsy or they possibly have breast cancer like 10 years ago. Right. It's just so different, but that's the thing. Early detection is key. I mean, my mom had cervical cancer. She passed away, but she was also, you know, not getting her yearly visits. She always taught me and my sister to do it. So I don't know why there was a disconnect. Maybe Mm. she was scared. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I I can't ask her these questions, but um, I think that's the thing. I think sometimes we just, keep it in our head, but it's like, that's the key. That's the thing. Like my friends kept telling me, Samantha, even if this is the journey that you're going to go on and you have breast cancer, like they caught it super early. Mm -hmm. So yeah, early detection is key. And I also think to like, find a doctor that you love. I actually went through two in this whole process because my first one just wasn't working for me. I think sometimes we have to be our own advocate and you are allowed to, to find another doctor. One million percent. I love that conversation though, because so many people feel like, you know, doctors are like parental figures or bosses or authorities, you know, and you just feel like if there's a doctor you're not jamming with that you have to stay there, you know, and you don't, it is, um, there's lots of doctors available. And I also feel the weight of how frustrating that is to be on the hunt for a doctor that you really like, but it's so important to find somebody that you jam with, especially when it's your health that is, you know, on the line. 
I remember how like cliche that, oh, you, at least you have your health, you know, like things felt <laughs> before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, um, I will say after having had COVID, like it is so amazing how much more aware you are of your health after you've been sick Oh my God! or after you've had a health scare, you know, like that, that is truly the cornerstone of everything else functioning is that you have a healthy body, you know, that can get you through. Yeah, it's so true. A healthy body and a healthy mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just got to also take time to to have those self-care visits too. And if you're not feeling right, I mean, talk to somebody. It was something that was very hard for me because again, I'm holistic, but even just like recently, I on anxiety medication and it was a super hard step for me. But I know with right now, with everything that I'm dealing with and just with the world right now, it's the help that I needed and yeah. I'm happy that I have it. So I just never want anyone to feel less than because you're, you know how people say it, well, you're altering everything with a chemical, but I mean, that's kind of what happens in the first place is a chemical imbalance. So you have to balance it out. So, right. you know, but anyway, people just need to stop like judging people for, for everything. And you just like do what's right for you. Girl preach. Yeah, like, for sure. yeah. And I thank you that. for your vulnerability on that. That's really awesome. Hey, it, was, it was tough. Um, I, it's something that I've, I've just, I don't know. I guess I just had this, like it's taboo or you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. People who are taking like Zoloft, like that's so strange, like just go walk or what's wrong with your vitamin D. But it, it really, I feel like right now, this pandemic, it's, it's just sort of affected everything. Everything. And I mean, pandemic, yes, but like as people, as humans, we experience levels of trauma in 2022 that like the human body and brain maybe weren't made to process, you know, like that everyone is dealing with their own set of circumstances and judging someone for doing what they need to do to take care of a, their physical health. So like, there's a lot of judgment around vaccines to your point, you know, like Mm -hmm. people that took them or people that didn't take them, you know, like on both fronts, like that's not your call. It's not your body. Right. And then on the mental health front, there is so many things that people do to care for their mental health that gets judged in good and in bad ways. Sometimes like we're all, if you don't struggle with anxiety or depression or any of these other things that so many of us are struggling with good for you and have some empathy for, you know, everything that we're doing in order to take care of ourselves. Cause the flip side of that is really dark. And if anything, you don't understand it. That just means you should have great gratitude. I was about to say, be grateful that you don't have to think about it or worry about it or. And that there's different types of mental health crisis, right? Like I was talking to you in the pre-interview about like, I was sick for a solid like 14, 15 days when I had COVID and right in the middle of it, there was a good three to five day stretch in there where like I was super depressed and hadn't felt that way in a very long time and got to this like really, and I'm surrounded by people who love me and would do anything for me. But I had like this really deep sense of like, I'm alone and I don't have any, you know, like it was such a weird dark spot. And the more I've talked to people who've had COVID that, you know, had kind of a long two week window like that or longer even, that's really common in this illness or in any illness, you know, like Mm any time that you're sick, for a prolonged period of time, that is something that you got to navigate in your head. And I'm so grateful that that was like an isolated situation. Uh, but no doubt, like while I was in it, I was like, I may need to go talk to, like, I may need to figure this out. And that 
those uh, things do feel really out of your control when you're in this mental state Mm -hmm. of not being able to step out of that. Um, So yeah, I'm with you. Like the judgment around medication or therapies or different healing modalities or whatever it is that you're doing to take care of your mental health. I commend that and support that on all fronts for all humans. It's big. It's yeah. Powerful, right? Just taking control of your health. Well, and we've talked a lot about like eating right or exercising or using medications, but I feel like sometimes one of the big things that's so supportive of mental health is what you're ingesting media wise. Mm -hmm. So like there's, television, their social media, even like music and reading and all of these things, like you have to be so aware of Mm -hmm. what the vibration is that you're putting in. And I know so much of that, like if we're talking about on social media fronts, like I'm super comfortable with the unfollow button. Like if things don't feel good Mm -hmm. to me, um, I'll just let it go, you know, like it's okay. And it doesn't matter why it doesn't feel good. You know, like if I'm watching somebody's Instagram and I've got past or history with them and it hits a weird vibration in my body and I don't like it. I just don't want to see it anymore. And that's cool. Like that doesn't say anything about me. I don't have to watch. Right. Yeah. And that gets judged, you know, like on a lot of fronts, but also like what I'm watching and Jessica and I've talked about this before. Like sometimes I like really intense, dark dramas and stuff but there may be times in my life where that's not good for me. And maybe what I need to be watching is queer eye and laughing a little well, bit. You I was know? about like, to say when I had COVID right after you did, yeah. my stretch of COVID was a lot shorter than yes. yours, but I had tonsillitis at the same time. And y'all, if you guys saw me, it or was so heard bad. Me, I couldn't eat, swallow, yeah. talk without crying. It was so oh terrible. My goodness. And I, I'm not trying to be dramatic because I'm a mother and I'm, So what I'm saying isn't light by any means, but I was in so much pain where like death sounded better. (laughs) She was really sick. I was very sick where I was like, if I could just like not feel this anymore, that would be great. But the only thing that I could do was watch Queer Eye, because that's like the best feel-good TV really? show out there right now. So. And Jonathan, I mean, he just makes every, like, I just love him. I know. I, I mean, could you ever watch JV? There's something about him. I know. And not just fall in love. Have you guys watched his new show on Netflix? No. Okay, I watched oh the God. first well, two I, episodes I the other day. I just saw the, the, not the preview, but like when you're going through stuff to watch, mm-hmm. like, I, I can't wait. It sounds so interesting. It's really good. Um, Getting curious. He is such a beautiful soul. God, yes. we've already you had know, JV in. Are you listening, Jonathan? We well, want to hang out with you. He's been so badass of the week. It in, mister. But we need to creep him <laughs> yes. again. Like, he's total badass ladies club mm-hmm. material. <laughs> For sure. Total badass ladies club. <laughs> Absolutely. And I just, gosh, I, I know he probably doesn't have my shoe size, but I wish that he did. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, maybe you guys could like style each other or something for the blog. That would be so much fun. Get on it. Fun. And he could like put me in anything and do my hair or anyway, but just not cut it. And then I could do the same. Jonathan, if you are listening, we would would like to meet you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I love ending on this note. Um, Samantha, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Your story is so beautiful and inspiring. Um, Guys, we're going to tag the blog and all of her social accounts and everything in the episode notes. Go follow, go friend yourself, because 
I will even say there are a lot of really exciting things coming up for your business and your brand that we're not talking about today and you don't want to miss it. So Samantha Rubel, you're the best. We love you. Thank you for being a badass. Thank you guys so much. And I I can't wait. We'll have to do this again. Oh, yes. An annual meeting. Absolutely. (laughs) You guys have a great day and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye, everyone. (laughs) 